We're going to the book of Hebrews. New Testament book. You find Revelation, which is the last book, and work your way backwards just a little bit. You will find Hebrews. Amen. All right. Very nice to see each and every one, and happily that it kind of cleared up a little bit, got rid of the fog. I like when that happens in our minds. The fog goes away and we see things clearly according to God's will, God's thinking. All right, I'm in Hebrews chapter 11, Faith Hall of Fame. Everybody said, praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to uh, read verse 23, all right, once again, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23 this morning, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. Because, why did they do that? Because they saw he was a proper child. Everybody said proper. proper. We're going to work on that a little bit this morning. And the verse ends up by saying, and they, the parents that is, were not afraid of the king's or Pharaoh's commandment. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, you may be seated. The Lord bless you. like to work on a gener raising up a generation of proper children. Okay. All right. There are some words in the Bible that are there a lot of times. You know, the word if <laughs> is there over 9,000 times. But sometimes when a word isn't as prominent, it seems to give it a little bit more significance. It seems to jump out at you and, and get your attention. There are some words that are only used one time in the Bible, and there are various times as you go along, yes. But proper is there four times, and it's one particular time here that I'm wanting to focus on, and, and that is here in Hebrews 11 and 23. Being the Faith Hall of Fame and giving us so many great men and women that were made great by God and by what he was doing through them. I'm thinking that we should, as we look at these great people that God raised up, Abel, slain by Cain, and yet his blood cried up to God. God isn't a forgetful God, and all of his senses work. And uh, he could hear the cry of Abel's blood because he was shed innocently. He did no wrong. He offered up the right kind of sacrifice. Not everybody's going to be happy when you are doing things right and correctly. Not everybody's going to be happy. First of all, uh, Zachary asked me the other day at lunch, the server was uh, a little snarky, you know that word snarky, a little surly, and uh, 
He said, what did you ever do to her? <laughs> I said, not a thing. I said, the spirit in her just doesn't like the spirit in me. That's the problem. Therein lies the crux of the problem. And uh, Jesus made it clear that there are spirits and they, they knew who he was. And, uh, and he knew who they were. And of course, they, they were constantly concerned that uh, they were coming to their just rewards, shall we say, those spirits. And they would constantly beg not to be cast into the deep. It wasn't time yet. We still have time to do our dirt. We still have time to, to uh, bring confusion and uh, mess up lives and get others to join in our misery. I've told you before, the Bible doesn't always say it the way that you might like it to say it. And it, uh, it's good to learn how it does say it. That's the main thing. But there are some things that the Bible teaches. And I, I would tell you that the Bible teaches that misery loves company. That's some adage that got derived from and coined, a coined term or phrase, that misery loves company. Doesn't want to be alone. Well, devils don't want to be alone. They want, they want you. They want you. Never mind everybody out there. They want you. Okay? Get your mind. Get your focus. Pull it in this service this morning because the devil hates what we're doing. We're raising proper children in this generation. When uh, you read in the Bible that Jacob came to his full term, I believe it was about 140 years, and, and he passed, passed on to be with his fathers, and he gave a blessing to all of his sons. And uh, after doing that, and that last prayer, that last service, that last blessing, then he died. And so now it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had all passed on. And then it wasn't too, you don't read too much further along, but what Joseph passes away, 110 years old, he passes away. And um, you consider people in this faith hall of fame that what we've got to be careful is that when people die, they are representational or part of a generation. We've got to make sure that they don't take all their good with them and, and leave us empty and wanting we, we've got to, how did Jesus say it, learn of me? And we've got to learn the good things, the really good things that Moses, for an example, uh, practiced and, and lived, and others, of course, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as a matter of fact, when Moses was being sent by God uh, to go down into Egypt and to rescue the people of God, because they were being so shamefully mistreated. And uh, as he did so, he, God told him, said, you tell Pharaoh and all of them, the Egyptians, you tell them and tell the elders even uh, of Israel. He said, you tell them that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent you. You know, you've got credentials. Okay, we've got our creds. We are, we are credible. And uh, 
We're not nobodies. You're not a nobody. Right, Hear me? You're not a nobody. Right. We were nobodies till we got God. Right. We were not a people. And he made us a people. Right. That's what your Bible teaches. Right. Amen. Thank God. Amen. And we become a, a holy nation and a royal priesthood. And when the false prophet and the devil being cast into the lake of fire, we're going to be with him who is the head of all things. And we're going to be kings and priests and reign with him while they're burning in a lake of fire. Now the enemy wants you to believe that all his movements and all his inventions and all of his music, the Bible called it tabrets, all of these different things that he promotes in this world. He wants you to believe that's where it's really at. And that everything that's going on is, you'll be missing out if you don't become a part of it. And uh, the only thing you're going to miss out on is a lake of fire, let me tell you. And you're going to be in, the, in that first resurrection. The lake of fire coming is called the second death. And that'll have no effect on the children of God, the people of God, the proper people, the proper people. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Lord. If something is proper, then it's having a special fitness. Now, in this world, everybody's, a lot of people, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people are concerned about being physically Everything is about their outward body. But there's very little concern for that which is going to live for eternity. This body, the book teaches, is going to go back to, it was made from the dust and it's going back to the dust. So it is really of no consequence eternally at all. The Bible teaches that the church, the body of Christ, is going to be changed in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye. That this mortal is going to put on immortality. This physical and this natural, this which is so limited, is going to pass away. But that inner man, that spiritual part of us, is going to live forever Somewhere. We want it to be in a part of the word proper, part of the definition of proper, is particular. And uh, you want to remember that we have to be particular about things, okay? Not just anything will do. Okay? Not just any old thing is going to do. It's not going to be acceptable And the Bible does talk about that which is acceptable in the eyes of God. We want to present ourselves, the scripture said, unto him. And uses the word acceptable, suitable, proper. There's some things that we're not going to get involved with because they're not proper. The word 
becometh is in the Bible about 15 times. Ten of those usages are in the New Testament. We'll try to get into some of those verses in a little bit. But what I want you to understand is that Romans also said when you present yourself as a living sacrifice. He's telling you to be transformed. And there is a conformance that is necessary, but he made it very clear. Don't be conformed to this world. Forget the trends. Okay? Things get trendy and people get caught away with it. Ooh, I need to do that. No, you don't need to do that. You need to be rock solid in your faith and in the beliefs and the teachings of the Word of God. You need to have your feet where it's firm footing, solid, a solidness there. That you're not going to uh, find yourself in the, what did David say? I almost slipped. Almost slipped. So we don't want to be in some slippery place. We don't want to find ourselves slipping and sliding all over the place. Especially backwards. That word backslid. We don't want to be going backwards. The Bible teaches we should be going forward. Okay, we're pressing toward the mark. We're moving in a forward direction in Christ Jesus or in the church and the work of God. We've, we're looking at the things which are eternal. And we're going to do this, we're called to do this in a proper manner. Something that Amram and Jochebed, how they looked at that baby. Kind of like looking at Alyssa and looking at a Noah, you know, and pretty soon Esther. That you're looking at a proper child, a goodly child. Yeah. It, it got a hold of them. And they, there's no way. It wasn't, it wasn't just good looks. Sure that Eddie and Clarissa would like to share responsibility for Alyssa's beauty. Don't blame them. And uh, same thing with with Pete and Mercedes. They looking at that good-looking boy. But uh, there was quality about Moses. There was quality about him. And they saw that. And they said, "We don't care what the world says." We're not, we're not feeding our baby to the, to the crocodiles. We're not feeding our baby to the fire. We're not going to throw our youngin in the mix of the sinfulness of this life. He's a goodly child. A goodly child. So we're willing to fight for this child. This child has a special fitness. Okay? And there's a, shall we say, is he's specially suited. You know, you know, you are made, you are created in God's image, in his likeness. Don't get to thinking that physically. Look at things spiritually. Look at things spiritually. You want to 
We don't want to conform to the world, but we do want to conform to God. We do want to conform to His Word and its teachings. And we do that because we get transformed. And it's done by the born-again experience, the renewing of our minds. And it makes us a brand new person, gives us a brand new attitude, pulls us out of the horror of darkness. Okay, pulls us out of that. There are people that they get addicted and they get all caught up in the horror stories of this life. And uh, it always makes me shudder because the more fearful and horrible they can make it, that's what they do. But one day, they're going to live with that for all of eternity. And it's what they thought, what their imagination gave them. Never, ever, ever compare to the reality of evil spirits in that place called hell. That place called hell. I remember Sister Ann telling me about her teacher in art and how that he was an illustrator and he sketched a witch. And evidently he did such a good job, he got a lot of people scared and stirred up. And uh, what I'm telling you, it's nothing to be compared with the reality that awaits the unbelievers, the non-conformers, those that just absolutely wouldn't conform to God's way of doing it. They fought God on it. They resisted God on it. You're going to resist something? Resist the devil. Because he's coming to destroy you. That's what he does. That ought to help you to, to identify a spirit, it comes to destroy. That's one of its chief characteristics. It comes to tear down and tear up, disrupt, bring riot. Oh, yeah. That's what it comes to do. You've got to stand up for what's proper. You've got to stand up for what's correct. Another synonymous term for proper. Correct. Particular, we said. Even peculiar. Now, peculiar isn't weird and odd, okay? It's not that. Bible word peculiar is telling you it's, it's something rarefied. It's something special. It's something you don't find just anywhere, okay? Yeah. And uh, that's why we're a peculiar people. That's in your Bible. Because God saved us. God filled us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're not run of the mill. You don't find us on every street corner, unfortunately. Because this world needs a whole lot more of us. The world needs what the church has. And of course, the church for 2,000 years approximately has been going into all the world and bringing the gospel to every man, woman, boy, and girl. When men and women have been sent in what is often called missionaries, not a Bible word, but sent forth, I'll say biblically, as laborers into the field, into the harvest in other countries than the one we live in, we'll say, 
And uh, the question was asked by my pastor to one of them that had come back to the U.S. and said, when you got over there where you went, you got in the back of the back of the back, he said, did you? And they said, oh, yes. Yes, we found it. There was, there was, the church had already been there. The seed had already been sown. You better understand, God's church has been operating. I'm telling you, it's been working. What's that song? God's not dead? Well, he, he is not dead. He is surely alive. Amen. Amen. And his church has been working and laboring and witnessing, preaching, teaching, singing, praising below these millenniums. And it has not been wasted. If it gets wasted on somebody, it's because they don't believe it. You know, that's why Moses didn't want to go down to Egypt to the children of Israel. Because he said, they're not going to believe me. It's a terrible thing when you're telling somebody, what you know is right. <laughs> what you know is proper. It's tried, tested, proven. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. And you just don't believe it. That's a very hurtful thing. It's a very unsettling thing. It creates a whole lot of unhappiness. I've had to tell a person or two that. You're not believing me. It's a terrible thing. To take a child. I watched Brother... T-Mac here in prayer this morning, walking with his daughter. I think she's, what, three? And I saw a picture of her the other day, and she looked so tall in the picture, and I said, that's not her, is it? Isn't that that's her? And I said, wow. You know, to take a child from the earliest age, and how wonderful it is when there's that faith and that confidence and that belief, and, and that happiness that's there, that child just skipping along. That's a Bible word, skipping, by the way. Just skipping along with you. And uh, smiling from ear to ear, so to speak. And uh, But it's equally 180 degree turn opposite when a child gets to that place where it's not listening to you. Not Believing you, not conforming, not submissive. It's very disconcerting, very upsetting, very upsetting. Because a person of experience knows the end of that, knows the consequences of actions that are not proper. Improper actions bring about all kinds of Bad consequences, negative consequences. So believe it or not, we want the best for you. God wants the best for you. What's the best for you? You know, these guys have been learning a lot about sanding and staining and hanging doors and things related, casings and baseboard and all that kind of stuff. And uh, 
there's a proper way to do that. You don't do that just any old way. You know? How much more so? As I said, people are all worried about fitness. You know? They're doing sit-ups and they're doing pull-ups and they're pumping iron and they're running on treadmills and all kinds of things. All kinds of things. They're so worried about the physical and so uncaring and oblivious, apparently, to the spiritual, to the inner man, to that which is eternal, that which is never going to die. This body's going to go right back to the dust from whence it came. But the spiritual, that's going to live somewhere. And it's either going to be the bad place or it's going to be the really good place. And we want the best for you. God wants the best for you. That's why the Spirit, which is God, who is a Spirit, that's why He spoke the Word and produced the only begotten Son. And that's why He dwelled in that Son, that flesh, to the fullness. And that's why He went about doing good healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil. There are devils that express rather loudly that they don't like certain things. Jesus comes upon a woman all bent over, heads down where her feet are. She can't straighten up. I've seen people in that condition. You hurt for them. It's horrible. Condition of the spine. And Jesus sees this woman as he's going about doing proper. And he discerns that this woman is bound by a spirit of infirmity. Eighteen years. So he lays his hand on her after he called her to him. I'd say she's a pretty good example of walking by faith, shuffling by faith, coming by faith, of putting forth a tremendous effort. You know, for any of us to get up and walk, so many steps or 10, even 15 or whatever. No big deal. No big deal at all. Think about it. I had to get a special medical when I was in college because I was training to fly airplanes and you have to have a more of a physical. And I remember there was a husband and wife doctor team and, you know, they're checking and doing all this junk and then all of a sudden he says, bend down, touch your toes. I thought I didn't hear him right. I said, say what? He said, bend down, touch your toes. Pow! Like lightning, I bent down, touched my toes. Without bending my legs now. Now I can't do it. I snapped both hamstrings for sure. But I was, you know, I was probably about 20 years old then and maybe 19 and I didn't think nothing about anything like that. Piece of cake. 
Is that the toughest thing you got for me to do in this exam? We got it made in the shade. No problem. He just observed me and he looked at his wife and he said, these young kids. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying to you. We, uh, nothing for us. Jesus said, come here. Shouldn't be any problem at all. But now, for that woman, with that spirit riding her like that, sitting on her back and her spine like that, just bending it over. Some people are very bent, you know that? They're very twisted in their ideas and their thinking. They actually think they're going to get to uh, some kind of judgment bar <clears throat> and argue with God why they ought to be able to be in the first resurrection, which will already be over with, so it'll be a little late to argue that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, why they should be in the new heaven and the new earth. They're going to argue. They think, in their mind right now, they think they're going to be able to talk their way out of the situation. They're going to get out of it. I've always gotten out of everything. I just have to moan and groan around enough and get somebody to listen to me and, and I just keep on pouring it on and I build a lot of sympathy and, you know, after a while they give in to me. You know, I always get my way. Ain't going to be that way with God, I'm telling you. Forget that. It is not going to work. You might want to get rid of that childish attitude. I want to get delivered from that through the born again experience and get you a proper attitude. Get you a suitable attitude. Get a decent attitude. Because that's one of the definitions. I want you to think in terms of something to be understood in the most correct sense. For you to understand the Word of God and the teachings of God in the most correct or proper sense. Very, very specific. There is a right way to do things. The right way to do it. You, as a raise, being raised up to be a proper individual and a part of a proper generation, to be a light to a lost and dying world that's in darkness and confusion, yeah. Yeah. I saw a restaurant yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, two men. At least they're supposed to be men. And uh, had two little girls with them. Maybe six and seven years old. And of course, in the public circles, they're being taught over and over and over again. Through all kinds of mass media, they're being told over and over and over again. It's okay. You can have you can have two daddies. You can have two mommies. They're being told over and over. It's in the literature. It's in the teachings. It's in the what do they call them? Sitcoms. It's in all those kind of things. But according to the book, it's not proper. Now, do you believe the word of God or not? You're going to conform to the word of God. You're going to be if you're going to do that, it's because you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
and, and what you've got to learn. I like that word renewing, I-N-G. It's a progressive thing. It's a keep on keeping on thing, okay? It's not a hit, and hit, hit me once and then never do it again. You don't get the Holy Ghost one time and stay saved. You've got to be renewed, renewed. Make it new over and over and over again. You're facing challenges and you need to know that. Spirits are against you. When you stand for what's right, the devil don't care about anything that's wrong. He's the author of that. The more he can promote that, the happier he is. And here you come walking along with that great, big, beautiful shine in your life. That Holy Ghost. That light. People get convicted. They don't, the spirit in them don't like the spirit they're feeling coming from you. Because <laughs> you, you're a threat to them. You're a threat to their sinfulness, their hatefulness, their bitterness, and the darkness that they live in. You know, people love darkness rather than light because their deeds or their acts or activities are evil. Yeah, you may be seated. The Lord bless you. If you get cold, stand up and worship. If you get hot, good. Let your... Let your fever and fervor be for God. Amen. We don't want our love getting cold, do we? We want it to get really turned on in the Holy Ghost, fired up in the Holy Ghost, anointed in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And amen. You know, when something's proper, it's respectable. It's respectable. And it's Bible word, it's worthy. Something is proper, it's worthy. It's worthy. There are going to be those, everybody that, that goes in the first resurrection is going to be worthy. Once again, it all comes back to this experience. It all comes back to being a part of the body of Christ. It all comes back to dying daily. People go to the gym and they pumping the iron, they're doing all grunts and all this kind of junk, and they're running, they're sweating and everything else, you know. And uh, all the women are looking for a guy. Hmm? Hmm? That's what they're going there for. That's why they're sweating a little bit. They want to catch some guy's eye. We don't belong in any co-ed gyms. We don't belong in them. I'm telling you. Nothing there but spirits. Mm -hmm. They want you. They want you. They want you. You got to wake up to what's proper versus what's improper. Yeah. If you, uh, another word that would be used would be honest. You got to be honest with God. You need to be honest with yourself. You get this good Holy Ghost, He's going to talk to you. The preaching's going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you get upset, it's probably because you're harboring something that's improper. You're just not doing it the right way. 
He said, we know that thou art a teacher. Teacher comes to show you the right way. Show you how to do that correctly. Yeah. So we want to do things, quote unquote, shall I say, in a proper manner. That word manner is in the Bible. Jesus had to tell some of his disciples one time, a, uh, somebody whose spirits were rising up, doing them wrong, and, and uh, not, res not responding in a proper manner, shall we say. And so the disciples said to Jesus, said, uh, you want us to call down fire from heaven? Alluded to an Old Testament example. <laughs> and Jesus said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. We've got to do things in a proper manner, church family. You know, we don't pack and we don't pull guns and we don't shoot people because they make us upset. We don't do that. And, and, and our, we don't, our tongue doesn't turn loose with vile communication and words because we want to tell somebody off. We don't do that. We don't manifest a fighting, hating attitude because we're not of that manner of spirit. That's not what we've been given. That's not what we've been called to. That's not what we're a part of. That's not who we represent. You know? I, I, I read, uh, came up in the paper, I believe, about um, two people just recently, a couple. They look, I, I, I'm going to say, I think they were described as being maybe in their, in their 20s. And uh, they got upset on an airplane and uh, they had to turn the plane around big commercial airliner with hundreds of people on they had to turn around because the people wouldn't stop they wouldn't calm down they wouldn't listen to the people who were in authority so they turned the whole plane around and made radio contact and landed the plane and took those people off and now they're facing federal charges federal charges which is you know stepping it up there making it more of a grievous situation. Yeah. So I'm saying to you that we wouldn't expect that of a Holy Ghost person to lash out and talk out, be smart and talk back in. No, we wouldn't. The person that's in the Spirit, in the Holy Ghost Spirit, the Holy Spirit, they, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Because that would not be proper. That would not be proper. We're trained to do, and we're training to do things in a proper manner. Everybody said amen. Because we, we're a light, and we've got to reflect our Savior. We've got to show them. I don't want somebody looking at one of ours and it's just being, shall we say, ugly and bad temper and things of that nature and disobedient. And I tell you, we need to diss the diss. Cancel that out, and we'll just have obedient left. And that's what we want to be. We want to be obedient to the things of God. But uh, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves stepping out of line, doing it wrong, saying it wrong, thinking it wrong, acting wrong. And then somebody's going to look and say, oh, so that, that's how it is, huh? That, that's how this Jesus is, huh? So we want... 
to remember that we represent Him. We are citizens of heaven. We represent Him. Everybody said amen. amen. And, and as representing Him, we want the world to know that there's something better. There is something correct and worthy and proper. And everybody said amen. amen. All right. The word I told you becometh is in the Bible. I'd like for you to look to Romans 16 and 2, if you'd like to follow along, that is. Romans chapter 16 and verse 2. Now this starts off in verse 1. The apostle is saying, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sanchera, that ye receive her in the Lord. Now there's some people we can't receive. It's as simple as that. There's some people that, that just aren't going to cooperate. They're not, gonna, they're not going to um, act properly and live properly. And we can't commend them. We can't receive them. We have to let them go and learn what that meaneth when they diss the uh, things of God, shall we say. But that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a succourer or a helper of many, and of myself also. But please back up that you receive her in the Lord as becometh saints. There is a way that we're to act. Okay? There is a way that we're to conduct ourselves. We're going to be in conformance in our performance of our duties in our life. In God. We're not going to have the kind of attitude that we act out. You know, we're not going to do that. We've been delivered from that. You know, I used to always have this thing about looking over my shoulder because I was always doing things wrong until I got the Holy Ghost. And then I, I found myself starting looking. I said, wait a minute, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to be looking over my shoulder. I'm not doing anything wrong anymore. I've been delivered from sin. My life has changed. I had a man come to me, knocked on our door, little apartment we were living in, and uh, he said, are you so-and-so? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, can I come in? I said, sure you can. He came in, he sat down, and he said, um, I need to talk to you about a certain, and he named the business. And I said, yes, sir, I used to work there. I said, I don't work there anymore. But I did work there. He said, well, I need to ask you some questions. I said, okay. I said, all right. So he began to ask me questions. And I answered him as honestly as I knew to, to answer and what I knew about situations. And um, we got to a point, and I said, you know, sir, I said, I want to, I need to tell you something. He said, all right. I said, um, I, I used to live sinfully. I used to live wrong. I used to do things wrong. I said, but it's been probably over a year, maybe going on two years now. My life has been changed, sir. I've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And I've been baptized in water in His name. And I said, my life has been made all over and anew. 
And he looked at me and he said, I can see that. He said, you have a nice day now. And he left. He was from the government. And it turned out that my former boss had been selling drugs. And he got 10 years in a federal prison for doing that. What did, what did uh, Paul say? That God who separated me and called me. <laughs> Whew, I'm so glad for, that God separated me and you. Separates us from the things that we used to do. The places we used to go. The people we used to hang out with. The way we used to think. Oh, now we got it proper. Now we got it going on. Let's keep it going on. Let's, let's realize what you're getting in the academy or in the church. Let's realize what all God is doing for you. May be seated. The Lord bless you. As becometh saints. We're, there's an expectation here. The Bible used the term earnest expectation. A powerful expectation. I'm expecting certain things from people who claim what did we maybe it was last week if the word if was used if you be risen with Christ if you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost if you're baptized if you're walking in the spirit if you're living for God there's certain expectations you're going to you're going to do things right you're going to do things correctly and that's defined as the book teaches it and as your leadership brings to you oh yeah well, let's look at a couple of pages over to Ephesians, chapter 5. Ephesians, chapter 5. And uh, I'll read from verse 1 through verse 3. Be ye therefore followers of God, as dear children and walk in love now that's not worldly love that means walk in the Holy Ghost okay because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which he hath given unto us all right and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us you know what I'm trying to say there is that some people think they can use love as an excuse to do anything they want and to, to make up any rule they want. That's not what this is saying at all, okay? And that is not anywhere near close to what the Bible teaches about the love of God. That, you know, we're just supposed to be super permissive and all that stuff. That is not what it means at all. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to the Spirit or to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, as becometh saints, as becometh those who are called to be proper, called to be proper. Oh, we get in compliance with our least favorite relative, don't we? That's the three-letter one, I-R-S. 
We don't fight with them now, do we? We don't. We don't want to fight. We don't. We don't want. We want to run away and scream. No, 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 no. I don't want anything to do with you. Right? We just want to take care of business. And the reason, most of the time, is because we know that if we try to get around it, or under it, or over it, that it's eventually going to catch up with us. That we're going to come to the attention of those authorities, and they're going to focus their attention on us, and that's going to be very costly. So we want to do things properly, spiritually, though, because it's the same thing. Eventually, the wrong kind of doing is going to catch up with us. The wrong kind of lifestyle, conversation, is going to catch up with us. The wrong kind of activity is going to catch up with us, just like it did with my former boss, young man. You know, it was just the grace of God because I was flying airplanes then and uh, he and his buddy found out that I could fly and they started talking to me about flying down to South America. Could you do that? And I didn't know what they were talking about. And I said, yeah, I suppose I could. Mm -hmm. You get your map, you get your computer out and all that stuff. And uh, I suppose I could do that. And uh, it was just the grace of God. What did Paul say? He was on his way to do a certain thing, and it wasn't a good thing. And he, he said, there came a light from heaven. It knocked me right down. <laughs> but it saved me. It saved me. Oh, yeah. God knows when to cross our path. He knows how to time everything. And I'm saying, you know, you need to respond properly. Properly to God's overtures, to the church reaching for you, helping you. Remember the day when God pulled you out. Remember the day when somebody knocked on your door or visited you or met you in a store or whatever it was and invited you to church and began to talk to you, maybe talk to you a Bible study. Remember that. Call to remembrance, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Another page or two and we'll go over to Philippians. Chapter 1 and verse 27. 1 and 27 of Philippians. Only let your conversation, that's your lifestyle, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Everybody said praise the Lord. Are you making... The gospel look good? <laughs> Are you making the gospel look bad? <laughs> you know? You know? Yeah. 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 That's right. As becometh the gospel. It's attractive. First Timothy 2 and 10. Just keep moving forward. First Timothy 2, chapter 2, and verse 10. I'll back up. A little bit. Verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Verse 9. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness. You're not going to be bold. You know, that's what that means. You're not bold. With shamefacedness and sobriety, you're serious about it. You're not a silly jokester. 
not with broided hair. What that really has to do with is what in the plating of the hair, because that's another word. Uh, it's what's woven into it. It's an embroidery of jewelry. Uh, in like manner, also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Verse 10, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Everybody said praise the Lord. So, once again, there is a proper way to do things. Proper way to do things. And you can decide one day, well, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Well, hey, tell me again who you are. <laughs> tell me again what it is you know. We're dealing with the God who is the blessed and only potentate, who is the creator of heaven and earth. You know? Got Moses up in the mountain and said, see that you do it just like I showed you. Yes, sir. You got that right. You know, Moses, he didn't always have it together. Reading your Bible real close, if you'll pay attention to it, you'll find out that there was a time when God sought to kill Moses. Whew. And he had to learn his lesson, and he did, thank God. We'll go to another page for the last one, Titus, the book of Titus, chapter 2. This is a bit of subject matter, Titus chapter 2. Once again, I'll begin at verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Now become is just a shorter version of the word becometh. Okay? So it, it's saying he's telling you things which are proper and properly adorned sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Maybe we shouldn't use the word aged. How about senior? Yeah. Verse 3. That the senior women, that sounds better, doesn't it? Okay, I know you like that. You girls don't care because you're so young, but one day it's going to catch up with you. Yeah. The age of women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. Uh-oh, that's a rough one, isn't it, girls? That the word of God be not blasphemed. Things got to be done. You know, if, if we don't do things right, if we're not doing things proper, then we make God look bad. Do you know that the Bible teaches you that God has enemies? <laughs> it's in the Bible. And you can give the enemies of the Lord occasion to blaspheme his worthy name. Yeah. God help us all. Everybody said amen. So, keeping in mind that if I'm going to do things as becometh a saint, a person who is called out of darkness, out of sin, and into the church, 
And there's a consistency should be there, okay? I don't care if I go to the remote, most remote island in the world, okay? And sometimes I'd like to go there because it's been four years since we've been on vacation. <laughs> I tried to go down the block, but it didn't work. <laughs> Staycation is about the only thing that's working for me right now. And that's okay. I'm not complaining. I'm just laughing about it. But if I was to go to the most remote part of the world, uh, and, and somehow you show up there, name would probably be Brother Thomas, but anyway, you show up there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be me. I'm going to look the same. I'm, I'm going to be dressed the same. You know, I might not have the tie on, and I might not have the jacket on. But other than that, I'm pretty much going to be the same. Okay? And my wife also. Okay? It's as simple as that. There's a consistency here. This is who you are. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. Okay. So, things that become. I want to give to you that when it comes to dressing, you want to understand that the word proper and becoming, becoming a saint, it, the word decent is used. And the word also that it, uh, you dress in a way which suits the calling and other qualities of the wearer. Okay? So, what you are wearing in and out among the public. Okay? What you're wearing. Yeah. It reflects. It reflects. It shows whether you're decent or not. Okay? I mean, when they confuse your, your skirt with a belt, I'd consider that to be a little bit on the indecent side. So we want to think of the qualities of the wearer. We're wearing this stuff. So as to produce a pleasing and spiritual effect. We want to have the right effect on people everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Because we're being raised to be proper. I believe Brother and Sister Weekly got a call not too many weeks ago and and their son said, you raised me right. You raised me right. He came out of the church in Miami and out of the church in Belgrade. Got away from things a little bit. And uh, maybe a lot of bit. But prayers kept going. And God has been so kind as to restore. And, uh, but it's good that he could cough it up that you raised me right. You taught me right. You were an example to me the right way. He didn't have to worry about coming home and find his dad, Brother Weekly, drunk. <laughs> he didn't have to worry about going down to the restaurant and find his mother up on the bar dancing. Didn't have to worry about those things. You read in the newspaper about 
children, they'd be in the back seat, and the parents would be in the front seat just all because they were shooting heroin with the kids in the car. Yeah. Did not worry about that when you're being raised to be a proper child by people who are doing it in a proper fashion, a proper manner. And, and because, you know what, there are children, there are people that, unfortunately, do go through these kind of horrible situations. And that's all the more reason why the church is trying to reach out and win people and raise up children and then raise up, you know, nice to see children that we brought up through our academy and they got married and then they have children and they're raising their children right. It's nice to see God through the church put together couples and they are in subjection. They're taking the training and the teaching. They're learning how to do it properly. Okay? Another word is the word meat. M-E-E-T. Meat. Okay? So... This is an expression, it expresses chiefly a moral fitness as meat for the master's use, proper for the master's use. God help every one of us through prayer and worship and praise and reading the Bible and involvement in the church. Growing in grace and knowledge, renewings of the Holy Ghost, that we will be meet or proper for the Master's use, and that's what what uh, Amram and Jochebed, when they looked into that little crib, they looked at well, his name wasn't Moses then, but anyway. Well, it was after a while because he really got named evidently by Pharaoh's daughter because it meant I drew him out of the water. And uh, that's when the baby's sister said, you want me to go find somebody to nurse him, a Hebrew? Yeah, you go do that. And we'll pay him too. That was nice. Got, got, there, is, there is reward in raising your own child correctly. I'll tell you that. There is reward. And God knows how to do that. And uh, again, one of those things that's not exactly says it that way, but it has been said when they're little, and I gave you the example of holding the hand and skipping along and just in prayer or in song or in whatever the church is doing, just so happy. Then little, you know, kind of break you back a little bit, work you hard. But it's a little bit more tolerable than when they get older and become non-compliant won't do the proper thing, and then they break your heart. But I'm glad that we can put our hearts in the hands of the master. He can take care of everything. Because there's a time when a child isn't a child anymore. They become an adult. And I guess they've earned the right to make their own decisions, yes. But we're hoping if we can, if we can raise up a proper generation that will draw on all the good example that has been given to us 11th chapter, he said, time would fail me to tell you. 
And he just named a few then even. Man, oh man. Thank you, God, for what you have done and what you're doing. I've got a responsibility here I can't let down. I can't let down. Sister Weekly got asked, what was the difference between our congregation and maybe another one? And she said, well, I suppose the standards. Because we're not going to let down. And by God's grace, we haven't let down. We're not following the trends. Okay? We're not chasing after everything that comes along. We're, we're doing what the book said. Ask for the old path. Wherein is the good way? And walk ye therein. Old means the tried, the tested, and the proven way. That's what you're not, not talking about decrepit. Not talking about Stone Age, okay, and the other smart aleck statements that people like to say. And, you know, you're the old, we're the new. No, if you were new, <laughs> you'd be asking for the old. <laughs> you get made over new, you're going to ask for that tried, tested, and proven path. You're going to want to be like Moses and like Job and like Daniel. huh? You're going to be like them when the Lord said, if, if they stood before me, he said they'd only save themselves. It'd be the only their righteousness would save them, but I'm not gonna be not gonna help anybody else because God was so put out with the generation that he was having to deal with. Let me tell you something. We want to raise up a generation that's proper. We want to raise up a generation of children that God's gonna be happy with. That God's gonna say, They reflect me. They reflect me in a good way. Amen. They're sure they're letting their light shine that I've given them. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Come on now. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And so, to keep the children proper, well, they're worth fighting for. They're worth fighting for. We've got to, like the faithful ones did with Moses, they held up his hands. They didn't, they didn't come and give him a lot of back talk, and they didn't tell him, you know, We've got a better way of doing this. You're, you know, you represent something antiquated. They didn't do that. It was a war going on. And they realized it. And I'm telling you, there's a war for your soul. There's a war for every soul. But particularly those that have this proper truth. There's a real war for them. The enemy wants you. He wants you. And he knows that he's doomed. He knows that his time to go to the deep. The abyss is upon him. It's not far away now. It's closer than, of course, it's ever been. And time is ticking away. The sand's going through the hourglass. And he's, he's upset. He, the Bible said he's going to and fro. He's very wroth. He's very upset. Somebody called it the wrath of Satan. Well, I guess so. I guess so. But you and I, we have the grace of God. We have the power of God. Greater is he that's within us and he that's in the world. You can stand up against it when they say, ah, look how you dress. I ain't going to dress like that. You got your old grandma. No, you don't. No, you don't. Don't believe anything they say. Don't believe it. Or just answer back. Say, yeah, well, you look like an old hoochie mama. So I'll take the grandma look if it comes to that. If I have to choose between those two, I'll go with the grandmotherly look. Because they are holy women of old that were in the sight of God of great price. And I want God to look at me and say, that's a very peculiar vessel there. I want that glorified special vessel. I want that girl. I want that young man. Amen. I want what's proper. I want what's right. God said, I'm not taking anything less, Moses, so you do it like I showed you. 
How much more is he saying that to the church? You don't start making up your own rules and forsaking the rules of the body of Christ. You stay with it because you're going to face eternity, I'm telling you. And I, want you to, I want you to make it. I want you to be there. Amen. I told you about the dream my pastor had. God gave him and, and uh, the brother had died and, and he did a lot of things around the church and he, you know, you'd probably looked at him and called him Elmer Fudd or something. He's just regular old guy, regular old Joe. And uh, when he died, my pastor was a little concerned that everything was okay. And uh, went to, took a nap and went to bed that night, whichever it was, and, and the Lord gave him a dream. And in a dream, name was being called out. Somebody yelled, Here! Another name got called out. Here! All of a sudden, this brother's name got called out. And he heard him say, Here! Oh, he woke up feeling good after that dream. Woke up feeling real good. Nice to know that a brother or sister is there. And they're waiting. Resting, the book said, under the altar. White robes given to them. The righteousness of the saints. Rest. Until, because God said, I'm going to have my vengeance. You don't have to get mad at anybody. You don't have to take it out on anybody. You don't have to take up uh, somebody's crusade. You know, they've been done wrong. You know, you know what? You just need to exercise your faith in God and how God does things. God's going to take care of everything. And when it comes to revenge, God said, that belongs to me. He said, vengeance is mine. Don't you be trying to steal what belongs to God. You don't, you don't get ugly. You don't, you don't react in a wicked manner, in a hateful manner. And take up guns or weapons of some kind. The weapons of all warfare are mighty through God. We're not involved with carnal weapons. We're not doing things that way. You hear me? Everybody said, praise the Lord. Lord. What that song say? Who's on the Lord's side? Everybody said, I am. I am. All right. Give him another big hand. All right, Al. All right. Make it quick. Praise the Lord, church family. Praise the Lord. As the ushers get ready, everybody say, God bless the offering. God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name.